welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, degenerates and gamblers, far and wide, welcome in to episode number 153 of the Talking the Line podcast on this beautiful Friday of Bets, Friday Pick Spectacular Friday, also known as October 29th, 2021, also known as two days before All Hallows' Eve, also known as Halloween. You may be wondering, if you're listening on your favorite podcast directory, why I sound so muffled. Well, maybe you should jump on over to YouTube and watch us live, because I'm wearing a mask. I'll take it off in a minute, but let me keep this intro rocking, because we got loads to get into today. But before we do, you see my skeleton face. Take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the TTL pod on. If you are watching on YouTube, you might as well hit that notification bell over there as well so you never miss the start of a live show or any additional TTL crew content dropping. But as I said, if you are listening on uh, your favorite podcast directory, make sure you hit that bad boy there as well, the subscribe button, so you never miss the live or the drop of any audio after the live show is complete. Next item up on the docket, if you could be so kind, you can find it in your heart to do so. You got a couple extra seconds. Hey, after you hit that subscribe button, hit the like button. Leave us a comment, leave us a rating, jump on over yonder in the live chat. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it when you do. And oh, let's not forget, hit that share button. Send it on over to your brothers, friends, sisters, neighbors, anybody who's a good old-fashioned degenerate in your life and likes cash and tickets. Send them on over this way. The first time better to the Daily Degenerate. We are for all. Once again, cannot tell you how much we appreciate it when you do. And it only helps us make TTL Sports Media bigger and better for each and every one of you. Last, certainly not least, before we get into today's show. Take just a quick second, head back on over to this episode's description, and hit that link tree. Within that link tree, you will find the TalkingTheLine.com website, all of the TTL crew social platforms, and our additional content, so you can consume all of that, however and whenever you please. Ladies and gentlemen, and beautiful gambling people, I am your humble host, Colton, Colt45, Cap'n Colt, Sroka. Always hyped, always honored, always humbled. Now here live in prime time, the skeleton mask is off, my friends. Welcome in. Thank you so much for choosing to stop by. I was uh, trying to struggle to keep it together. You can see me red. It was a little hot underneath there. So uh, 
was not going to do the whole show with that but uh we got a new new lid going here little texas lid hey plenty to discuss momentarily but before i do all of that and we do all of that i must bring in the man who is the other part of we the other part of us the other part of crew so without further ado my friends help me welcome in the man the myth the degenerate gambling legend and ttl resident cheese head in south cider himself mr riley armax magnuson partner son of a bitch how you doing over there today pal my man it is a victory friday wish it was double victory friday our bulls couldn't get it done ah. but uh emotional night with joe no and i but I uh I was kind of salty. I didn't get to pay full attention to that game because my pack were taking care of business with their offense. Gone off of uh, whatever you, injury list, COVID list, it doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers can still pull a rabbit out of his damn hat. Lose their tight end in the third quarter. I uh I feel like I haven't heard any news about that, but it did not look good. But I heard some this morning. Kind of like ACL, but. Yeah, I heard some this morning, and there is no definitive uh, news on that, but it does not, it does not sound like good. it's going to be good at all. So Mercedes Lewis season, but okay. my man, I-, I can't explain the last two, three minutes of that game. Oh. Absolutely not. I'm not going to try to. Uh, Packers should have uh, not been in the position to lose that game uh, if they could have punched it in from the one-yard line. But nonetheless, I'm through the roof because that was a huge win. Could be a huge win as far as home field advantage is concerned come January against that team. And not only that, but the rest of the conference. So I am through the roof right now. I uh, I had optimism. I wasn't. Uh, it wasn't my typical level of optimism, typical level of, uh, you know, faith, I guess you would say, because I obviously didn't know what to expect, but the run game showed up, and uh, they should have relied on it a little all more, right, in my opinion. Right, I can right. keep going, but... Uh, out loud. We'll be here for the next yeah, two years yeah, talking yeah, about your Packers. Yeah, I am yeah. so sick and tired of these Packers getting away with this thing. You have the audacity to say such a critical win to get us the the NFC North division. You and I both know. Not the no, Oh no, not the North. I'm there. talking uh, no question. I'm talking that. I'm talking the whole conference uh like one seed, two seed, uh that type of stuff. All right, yeah, you might be wearing that mask come Sunday watching your Bears. I can uh, promise you that, pal. Well, somebody might have a uh, fade play against my Bears, and somebody might be throwing his money out the window, but we'll have to talk about that. Hey, nothing but vibes going on here today. Nothing but nonsense. Uh, We got a lot of picks, a lot of insights to get on through. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you for stopping by. If we do not hit a game or stop by a matchup that you were uh, wanting to get some insights Mm -hmm. analysis on, Drop it in the live chat. We'll be sure to uh, take a look at it. We'll go through it. We'll give you some of our best insights and maybe why we decided to stay away or maybe if we might be making a play Mm -hmm. on it later. Mm -hmm. So all that being said, before uh, we get into what's coming up here today, my friends, uh, we are a full transparency show here at the TTL pod. If you don't follow us on Twitter, you didn't see it this morning. So quickly, let's throw up all of the recap for yesterday's best bets of the day. All right, well, bit of a wheel spinning day if you rode with the crew Most and definitely. the dice. A little uh, three and four day, only down about a half of a unit though. So hey, money management, my friends, money management, and both of the same game parlays. If you played them on FanDuel, like we suggested you did, for ten dollars, they were risk free. You got that money back, so no problem at all. Not the worst, uh, worst day, not the best day we've ever had on the board, no. but uh, could have been better, could have been worse. Also, I got a little, uh, little something I need to get off my okay. chest. Okay. Okay. 
the doggone Grizzlies coming back to beat yeah. your Warriors mm -hmm. in overtime when they couldn't handle business for us on the freaking Wednesday Warrior when uh -huh. they did exactly what mm -hmm. we needed them to do last night. I'm a little bit chapped about that part. Not only that, but uh, I saw, I, obviously I couldn't watch too much of it, uh, at least the first chunk of it during mm -hmm. the Bulls and uh, Packers game, but I, I, I scrolled through Twitter and three different times during that game, first half, third quarter, I see Steph hitting circus shots off one foot, doing ridiculous bang shots. I'm like, all right, well, this is his night, right? Yep. No sweater, but uh, yeah, because typically when you see those clips, that's when the Warriors go up by 20. But I don't know what happened, man. But uh, yeah, we'll move on here. There you go. There you have it. Mind of a goldfish oh, yeah. as it goes. All right. Without further ado, what do we got on tap here today? Well, we have the usual, but uh, not so much as the usual. If you've been coming around for the Daily Show, we're obviously back to uh, my best bets, our mag's best bets. Uh, we got the uh, special play of the day and then the money line dice roll. We won't have any special play or money line dice today because we obviously do have the ridiculous amount of picks on Friday. That's why we call it the Friday Pick Spectacular right down there. So we will, uh, all, as always, kick things off with uh, college football. I got nine picks coming at you in total this weekend. Uh, what do you got all in general? I think I got five college football. Five or six uh, there. And then uh, we'll recap all of those. We'll throw them up on the screen for you. Then we'll dive into NFL. Partners got three. I got uh, seven, kind of maybe five. Depends on how you want to call it. And then uh, we'll talk about all that. Put those up there. Then, hey, you know. We'll wrap up the show. Little uh, our mag sidebar, a little back and forth banter. We got some updates for you guys as far as uh, blogs coming out, uh, a couple of different things to keep an eye out for. We'll have some banter and then uh, wrap things up with some motivation minutes. I'll give you uh, a little bit of inspiration, get you through this entire weekend, some stuff you can keep coming back to as you're accomplishing tasks this weekend. And then uh, we'll wrap it all up, send you on your way, get ready for some good old-fashioned ticket cashing. Sounds great to me, my man. All right. Well, without further ado, one final step we must complete here, my friends. And that is mm -hmm. to me, to you, to all you beautiful people watching today and drinking the black elixir of the gods on this gorgeous Friday of bets. Take your sip and let's get on with the thing. Should have seen this man trying to drink out of oh. his damn mask earlier. Oh, mm. I didn't need to know about that. <laughs> I didn't need to know how hard I was struggling over here. Were you? Did you make an attempt at coffee with no, that thing on? No, no, because I was too doggone afraid that coffee was going to go right down my doggone chest, so I did not want to do that. But without further ado, here we are, here we have it. Stop all the nonsense, cut all the drama, quit the banter that you could go to every other sports media outlet and get you come here to the TTL pod for the Stone Cold Locks, even though we don't like to call them that. Picks, insights, analysis, and everything in between and running tickets to the window with the TTL crew all day and night long. Without further ado, my friends, no more gabbing, no more blabbing. It's time to get into the picks. First segment of the day, college football first segment of the day, RMAGs. Best college football bets of the weekend, week nine. Holy shit. How are we already at week nine? I have no idea. I'm going to ease on back into the chair, open my ear holes wide, as I suggest you sons of guns do too. And without further ado, hey, partner, you have the floor. I appreciate you, my man. Looks like we only have about one that will be uh, lining up on a little bit, and you can tag along on with me. And I obviously don't have too many, but who would I be if I didn't have my beloved Big Ten 
and an under in that damn conference. And I am going for my first play of the day. Actually, I have no noon action, 11 a.m. noon action. Uh, gonna have to change that by Saturday. But first one coming up this after Sunday, excuse me, Saturday afternoon is gonna be Purdue and Nebraska. I am going to the under 52 and a half in that game. Really like both defenses matched up against the opposing offense on both sides of things here. Purdue couldn't stop uh, Wisconsin's rushing attack last week, but I don't think Nebraska is going to be able to match that the same way that Wisconsin jammed it down their throat for four quarters. Nebraska's D let it up a little bit last two weeks. (laughs) Hey, I'm calling it like I see it. Nebraska's D let up a little bit last two weeks versus Michigan and Minnesota. But again, Purdue cannot match the offense of those two teams as well. Both those teams are playing pretty well offensively. And Purdue's offense partner, the last four out of the last five straight games, 13 points on the dot scored. The one they did, they scored 24, I believe it was, against Iowa. Their defense made some huge turnover plays in that one. So I think they, I would not be shocked if they get right around 13 once again here, folks. And, you know, I was interested in Purdue plus seven and a half. I think we both were, but I think it's right there for a reason, making it a little too good to be true. Mm. I think mm-hmm. Purdue's offense struggles again, and you know I think Nebraska's offense can take care of business here. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a 24-13 type game, and Nebraska covers that number. Staying far away from it because I could also see a you know a scrappy 2017 type game, but every which way I see this one, I see this one staying under 52 and being finishing right around 40 points, partner. You know I am absolutely floored, flabbergasted, beside myself that. You would even have an under in the Big Ten this weekend. It just does not make any sense to me as a college a ba- a football better that you are. I just would have no idea. But that being said, uh, I think this is the most valuable Big Ten under this uh, weekend. There's uh, another couple on the board. One, uh, Iowa and Wisconsin at is that 36. A, is that, is that the early game? Holy shit, that's the early game, uh, my friends. I so. mean, who would... Uh... Either I might way. have to stick true to my uh, to, to my roots, and I might even have to get a grimy under in that one hey, going. Hey, he said he was going <laughs> to stay away, but now we're on the show. He's talking about it possibly. I need some Either a- way, early action. Neither here nor there. Maybe you might see it on his uh, action app at rmags in all caps come Saturday or at talkingtheline dot or talkingtheline dot com, not at talkingtheline, talkingtheline.com on the today's best bets tab. There you go. First bet of the day. Always plugging, always chugging. Yours truly, rmags. First best bet of the day. Purdue. Versus Nebraska, under 52 and a half yes, sir. total points. Partner, if you would please, with number two. All righty, so we are switching over to the SEC in this the one. Uh, yes, sir. I am going to Auburn and Old Miss. Oh. Ole Miss, not Old Miss. Ole Miss, and I am going Auburn, minus three mm. against the mm. Ole Miss Run Rebels. I am going Auburn because a handful of reasons. One thing that really pushed me off over the edge, partner, Auburn, last seven games off of a bye the last few years here, 6-1 and one ATS. They come off of byes very, very well. Ole Miss, Ole Miss had a uh, – they dominated LSU, but they did play last week. But Auburn has dominated Ole Miss – Specifically, the last handful of years, they have won five straight games against Ole Miss straight up. Six, one, and one ATS the last eight games between these two teams. And on paper or from a perspective here, you might think that Ole Miss has been the better team all season long. They only have one loss. It was to Alabama. And they've beaten some good teams. They got the win last week against LSU. They beat Tennessee a couple weeks back. But Auburn has beaten a lot of the same teams that Ole Miss has. They had the bye week last week, so you kind of forget about them a little bit. They did beat Arkansas earlier on in the year. They have also beaten LSU. The only SEC team they lost to, they got dominated by Georgia. And Georgia is dominating absolutely everybody. They also caught Penn State, and now it's been a little ugly the last couple weeks for Penn State, but at the time of Penn State playing Auburn, before Clifford went down with an injury, Penn State was playing extremely well. Their ranking was not fooey at all, being a top-five team. 
and they played them extremely well in Happy Valley. So I think these teams are much closer than you would expect, and Auburn might actually have an edge here. I, I give the edge a little bit here to Coral over Knicks from a QB standpoint, but Knicks is, Bo Nix is gaining some consistency, partner. Played great against Arkansas. Very, very solid team that we both like. He had an 80% completion in that game and took the Auburn Tigers to a win over there. I give the slight edge to Ole Miss's offense over Auburn's offense, but I give a massive edge to Auburn's defense against Ole Miss's D. Ole Miss's defense is really, really bad, and I think we see that again here tonight. And Auburn on defense, on the road side of things, makes a couple more plays than Ole Miss's defense does. So I like the Auburn Tigers to win by at least three, if not by a touchdown here. So that is my second best bet of the day, partner. Auburn minus three. <laughs> all right, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm not all the way over on this one. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't know that, but. Yeah, I, uh, this was one of the ones on my list. Decided not to go over, and I'm still not sold on it. Um, I still is because that both of these teams have burned me. It's my personal bias. Both of these teams have burned me in For this sure. exact spot at the minus three, either if they're a favorite or a <laughs> right. dog. Both of them multiple times this year. So I cannot back them. I will be sitting on the sidelines for this one, but wish uh, you and you, if you're backing him, all the luck on Auburn minus three. Partner, if you could be so kind, third best bet of the day. Alrighty, switching conferences once again here. We are going to, well, a little uh, mixed conference or ACC versus independent, so not a conference there, but I am going to UNC Tar Heels plus the three and a half against Notre Dame fighting Irish. I think uh, Notre Dame actually still has a very good shot of getting the win, but I do think it's going to be a really, really tight game. I don't have too much on this one, partner, other than the fact that I really love UNC's pass offense against this mediocre to bad Notre Dame pass defense. UNC is 29th in, in the nation pass yards per game. Notre Dame 95th against the pass on defense. Road team in these matchups. Last five games between the two teams. Road team is 5-0 and ATS. And I think Sam Howell is going to have a very nice day against this defense, much like I was talking about with the pass offenses here. I could see Notre Dame eking out that win like they have in a couple of these spots as of late the last few weeks. But I love 3.5. I'm going to ease off of that money line. But I do think UNC has a really nice game and covers that 3.5. It's another one I couldn't get all the way over to. Um, I was just a little bit nervous because got burned multiple times by Notre Dame this year and gotten burned by UNC multiple times. More I than think acceptable. UNC is just a little bit still too fugazi for my liking to back. But hey, once again, my personal biases. I wish you the best of luck and you as well if you are riding my partner with, ooh, that's kind of weird, tailing my partner with UNC plus three and a half partner. <laughs> Number four, sir. All righty, number four. This one we will be able to tag team a little bit here, partner. We are going to Virginia and BYU. This one is at BYU, but I personally like the Virginia Cavaliers money line in this game. They are the short underdogs here. Another game, even more so than the previous one I just talked about, where I think this Virginia pass offense vastly outmatches the mediocre to bad pass defense of the BYU Cougars. Right. Yeah, yeah, Correct. Uh, Virginia, Correct. number two in the country right now, pass yards per game. I like Brennan Armstrong to have a very nice day. He is starting to make a little bit of a Heisman case of his own in a year where nobody really seems to want this award. He is balling out for the Virginia Cavaliers. Four straight weeks of 30 or more points scored in ACC play. All four games coming in ACC play. Last two, he put up 48 uh, against Georgia Tech and Duke. A little bit lesser of opponents, but 48 points in a Power 5 conference game is nothing to slouch at. Uh, and I mentioned BYU's mediocre pass defense starting to slip a little bit down to 85th in the nation pass yards per game. So I like the Cavaliers to take care of business here and stay rolling. I believe they're 6-2 and two straight up. So very much within the picture. Obviously, this isn't a conference game, but still very much within the picture. 
picture of the ACC conference, and I think they need this game to keep themselves rolling, keep the confidence high, rolling into the rest of the ACC schedule here, partner. Sure enough, an all-tag team right off of that. Um, now, again, I'm sound like I'm trying to mush all your plays no, here, no. but I'm, uh, I'm not sold on the outright win too much. Um, found a couple of things, most notably that uh, Virginia's 4-16 and straight up in their last 20 road games, so just not a great spot for them to be in. I do think Bronco Mendenhall has the boys locked and loaded. They're ready to uh, cover that 2.5. I think that uh, the records here is something that you need to look at because – yeah, UVA is six and two straight up and six and two ATS, and then you look at BYU six and two straight up, three and five ATS. BYU's been getting the wins in these spots; they just haven't been covering. So that's why I'm a little bit nervous for that. They just haven't been good as a favorite uh, as far as against the number. They've just been able to get the straight up win. So I'm going to take UVA plus two and a half once again because Brennan Armstrong. Um, I have mentioned him weeks back when I started already started tailing Virginia. Now finally got partner on the boat, and he's consistently rocking and rolling. Had a couple, as well. you, you got it on first, but I had a couple lately. So uh, he's right around 404 and a half uh, passing yards per game. So I think he continues to go on that haul for. BYU is really underwhelming. He's only about 239 passing yards per game. So battle of the quarterbacks, Armstrong definitely has it. And I think this is going to kind of be a high flying battle of sorts. Neither team has a really good rushing offense and the passing defenses aren't much to write home about either. So I think it's going to be a back and forth high flying battle. Hopefully that uh, one UVA sneaks out at the very end and gets the outright win. I just like taking the two and a half points a little bit more, but you don't believe me on all of that. Why I like the points? Let me tell you a couple trends. Virginia's 5-0 ATS last five October games, 5-0 last five non-conference games. They're also 8-2 ATS last 10 following an ATS win. BYU was 2-6 ATS their last eight versus the ACC, 1-4 ATS their last five as a favorite, and 1-4 ATS their last five non-conference games. Throw everything historical out the window because these two haven't played since 2014. Give me the Virginia Cavaliers plus 2.5. Give me my partner, give my partner the Virginia Cavaliers money line. Loves him as a dog. His fourth best bet of the day. There you go. There you have it. Partner, keep it rocking. Keep it rolling with number five. All right, last but not least, going over to the West Coast here to finish things off in the Pac-12. I know you're not a huge fan of this one, partner, but I really like this one. I'm going Washington money line at Stanford. Both teams have been disappointed, I can't deny. I know you're. we kind of feel similar. You aren't a big fan of Washington. I am not a big fan of, and not from a fan perspective, just as far as what we've seen on the field. I am not liking what I'm seeing from Stanford this year. Uh, so both teams have been really disappointing. Where I find the edge is with the lack of Stanford's offense. They're 103 yards per game, and the one thing they do okay is in the pass, uh, pass offense. However, Washington currently has the number one pass yards defense in the nation per game. 140 pass yards per game allowed. So I think that's really going to be the difference here. I think it's going to be a really scrappy, low-scoring game. Might be a 20-17 to 17 type finish here. I'm not looking at that Stanford win against Oregon. That, to me, is just an outlier. Outside of that, Stanford has been back to being a very mediocre to bad team. And again, not trying to sit here and boast about Washington because they're not exactly jumping off the page. I think they just match up really well against Stanford here. And I think their defense holds them down and their offense makes one or two more plays than the trees do in this one. So give me the money line on the road for the Washington Huskies here. Yeah, I was originally uh, on the Cardinal, but not enough faith in the Cardinal to cover the minus two and a half. But then again... Uh... Um, not the most faced in the world on uh, Washington to cover the plus two and a half on the road. You like them on the money line once sure again. Do. Another money line dog on the road. So there you go. There you have it. I got nothing for it because I'm not bagging it. He already told you. Fifth best bet coming from my partner. 
Washington Huskies money line. Huskies going to be barking. Any uh, Anything else you got left to drop down, lay down, lay out, anything in regards to your college football plays? Not college football plays, but like you said, I might have some more stuff on Saturday. So, All right. Check me out. Well, appreciate your picks. Appreciate you. Let's keep it moving into the second segment of the day. My best college picks of the weekend we got uh week nine once again i just i can't believe that it's already week nine i i'm beside myself half the time that i uh i start to handicap i'm like ah it's like week four week five no week nine here in tap ready to rock and roll so without further ado i'm ready to rock and roll to first best bet of the weekend I'm going to the rivalry game that it is, Michigan and Michigan State, and I'm taking Sparty in the points, Michigan State plus four. I know uh, we got some fans out there that are fans of the Wolverines. I apologize, but I do believe when there is a battle of undefeated teams, I am a firm believer in taking the points. I think this is going to be back and forth. I do not think Sparty gets the outright win, but I do think they cover this one with ease, and uh, it finishes three points one way or another. Some things that I'm really taking note of are... Are the QB play Thorne for Michigan State. He's been across the board a more consistent, better quarterback than the duo of McNamara and McCarthy in Michigan. I think what we're going to see here too, most notably with McNamara and McCarthy, is that Michigan State is going to control time of possession. And stick a pin in that because I'll come back to that when I talk about their tempo. But I don't think that Michigan and Harbaugh are going to be able to use those two quarterbacks like they want to. And I don't think either guy is really going to have the opportunity to get cooking like they need them to in order to win this game convincingly. That being said, I also think it's pretty much the same with the running backs. Not to mention that Kenneth Walker from Michigan State is trying to get his name in the Heisman race. And he is pretty damn close right now, and I think he could do it with a convincing game against the Wolverines. You got two backs set in Michigan. Now, Haskins and Corum, they're both doing decent. But again, I think that because how Michigan State is going to control the time of possession, neither one of those guys are going to be able to get into a good solid rhythm. And I think a lot of people are severely undervaluing the Michigan State rush defense. I think they're actually really damn good. And I can back it up because Michigan hangs their hats on the run. We all know that. We know that's their game plan. They're fifth in the nation in rushing offense, but Michigan State. 30th in the nation in rushing defense. So they have plenty of defense to back it up to shut that down. And again, I think it comes down to tempo. So you know I brought those here with you as well. Take that pin out. Michigan, 67th in the nation in tempo, but Michigan State, 103rd in the nation in tempo. I think they're going to get a small lead, try to sit on it, and then Michigan State's going to, or Michigan's going to steam back and end up covering some crazy way, and Michigan fans are going to lose their mind, and we're winning the college football playoff, or whatever you guys are saying nowadays. You don't believe me. I got the trends to back it up as well. Michigan State's 4-0 ATS, their last four October games, 3-0-1, their last four in the Big Ten. Michigan, 3-7 ATS, last 10 coming out of a bye, not a good team out of the bye week. They're also 2-6 ATS, last eight Big Ten games. And Michigan State, 11-2 ATS, last 13 meetings, not to mention 5-1 ATS, last six in East Lansing. Give me Thorne and the boys at home to potentially pull off the upset but I'm taking the plus four with Sparty. Lock it in. All right, my man. I am interested. I uh, I agree with you. I think the Wolverines get the three-point win. Uh, so if this was Wolverines minus two and a half, I probably would have taken them. But got to stay away. Four points was uh, a little uh, too sketchy for me. But uh, I do agree with what you got there. Yeah, I just don't believe that the old Michigan uh, Michigan Wolverines take care of business. Now, had to put my hat on backwards for this one. 
it's going to get a little hot. It's going to get a little heavy for this next play of the day. You might have seen the name on the opposite side of this hat, and that's where we're going, pal. So get ready because a four-star play for me this weekend. I'm going to the matchup between the Texas Longhorns and the Baylor Bears, and oh, I'm not going that direction. I'm hooking them, baby. Give me the horns plus two and a half. They burned me last couple of games. Happens from time to time. They had a bye coming out of it. I think they're ready to rock and roll, and I don't think Sarkeesian is just going to roll over in his doggone grave, my friends. But you don't believe me on all of that. Let me tell you some things that I'm really keying in here. I think this is going to be a back-and-forth shootout because the total opened at 62.5, and and now it's down to 61.5, so it lost a point. I also looked at the fact that because of that point total is so high, what are these offenses and defenses doing? Baylor's averaging 38.3 points per game, and Texas is averaging 41.6 points per game. Baylor defense is allowing 18.7, and Texas defense is allowing 29.6. Now, you say, Colt, Baylor's defense is really, really good right there. They don't allow many points per game. Ah, take it a, just a moment at a time. I think those numbers are just a little bit inflated because three of their main games, where those numbers are derived from, were from Texas State. Texas Southern, and the Kansas University Jayhawks. So I think they're just a little bit fugazi. Not to mention the, um, totally just blank, the Baylor defense has not faced a running back like Bijan Robinson so far this year. And I think Bijan runs all over them. Uh, Baylor's defense allowing about 137 and a half rush yards per game, whereas Bijan is averaging and the Texas offense is averaging about 230 rush yards per game. So I think they're in for a rude awakening. They have not even faced a rushing attack that's anywhere close to what the Longhorns can bring. One final thing I'm looking at is third down conversion and red zone efficiency. Texas offense in third on third down, seventh in the nation in conversion and 55th in red zone efficiency. Their defense, though, 46th in the nation in third down conversion, 22nd in red zone efficiency. Now listen up. This is where it gets juicy. Baylor offense, 66th in third down conversion, 101st in red zone efficiency. Baylor defense, 68th in third down conversion allowed, 128th in red zone efficiency. I see the Longhorns running all over the Baylor Bears all day long, getting into the red zone and exploiting this defense's weak area, third downs and red zone. Yes, they have a better defense on paper, but I think this is where the edge is found, third down and red zone. You don't believe me? A couple key trends that I absolutely love. Texas is 4-1 ATS, their last five road games. Baylor is 0-6-1 ATS, their last seven following a bye week. Texas is 3-2-1 ATS, their last six meetings overall. But I don't really care about that because what really drew me over here is that Texas, 5-1 straight up, last six meetings with Baylor. I don't want to get burned on the money line, so I'm going to take the two and a half. I think it's going to be the most valuable play that I have this weekend, one of them. But I got one final thing to say here, pal. Go ahead. Hook them. You hooked him. <laughs> you sure did hook him. <laughs> no, I I think the biggest thing that I like, I think I'm going to be backing you on this one uh, because I, I agree with you. I think those Baylor defensive numbers are inflated. Not to say that they're bad, but I just I agree with you. I think the Texas Longhorns are going to wake up a little bit here, bounce back. They're going to be because we you know we talked about the motivations and you know is their season done or they lack of motivation. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're going to want to smack them in the mouth, and I think they do. I think so too, my friend. So Texas Longhorns plus two and a half. Uh, next best bet coming from me. I'm going to the matchup between the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Wisconsin Badgers. And I am taking a five-star play in this one. 
Iowa Hawkeyes plus three and a half. They might even get the outright win. You might see me uh, sprinkle a little bit on that, but I am very comfortable with the three and a half in this spot. I think there's a couple of key things you need to take note of. Number one is rest. The Hawkeyes are coming out of the bye week. They have an extra week to prepare for Wisconsin, and the Badgers just had a battle with Purdue. You can look at the box score and say, oh, they absolutely killed them. What do you mean, Colt? Eh. Once again, it was pretty damn close at the end of the third, and then they separated in the fourth. Got a lot less sweaty for my partner once that uh, fourth quarter started for sure. You know, If you know us, we were opposing each other on that last week. Offense is another key thing that I'm looking at here too. Iowa is more well-rounded well across the board, and I think they're going to eventually wear down that Wisconsin defense. Wisconsin is one-dimensional. You can't tell me that Graham Mertz is going to have a huge game here against the Iowa secondary. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I think that if any quarterback's going to turn the ball over, it's going to be Mertz. And I think that's what's going to loom large in Iowa covering this three and a half. All that being said, there's also some key injuries. Wisconsin's got about three quarters of its roster on either doubtful or questionable, or we have no idea where this guy's even located right now. So I think that's going to loom really large. You know, I talk about that a lot with college football because there's just sometimes not much depth going on on those rosters. And then last but certainly not least, the total's at 36 and a half, my friend. So points are going to be at a premium. I love taking the dog when points are at a premium. But if you don't believe me, all the trends, my friend. 4-0-1 ATS is Iowa in their last five games as a dog. They're 5-0 ATS last five on the road. Iowa's also 5-1 ATS last six conference games. And Wisconsin, 3-8 ATS last 11 as a favorite. 1-4 ATS as a home favorite. 2-6 ATS their last eight Big Ten games. And Iowa is 6-1 ATS the last seven meetings with Wisconsin. Give me all of the points and the Hawkeyes this weekend. Iowa plus three and a half. All righty, my man. I was uh, very torn on this one. I have been on the Wisconsin train decent amount this season. I've been on the Iowa fade train. Eh, not every single spot, but in a decent amount of spots. So, ah, that three and a half. Uh, and Wisconsin got their first win last week. Like they've had three first, straight wins in a row. The, the convincing like ATS cover. Okay, is what I'm. That's fair. What I'm no, that's fair. That it is just, fair. And that's why I didn't lock it in because I, I do lean Wisconsin, but that's three and a half is just scaring me away. Mm-hmm. So it is one of my best bets. Uh, five star play of the weekend. Keep it moving. Keep it grooving. Fourth pick coming for me. We're going to the matchup between the Florida State Seminoles and the Clemson Tigers. And my friends, I am taking the Florida State Seminoles plus nine and a half. Clemson Tigers couldn't cover a fucking bet if you called them a blanket, so there is no way in hell I am backing them. They're 0-7 ATS overall, 0-3 ATS at home. The offense and defensive side of the balls for both of these teams are incredibly similar. In fact, um, the Florida State side of the ball might even be a little bit better on offense, but I'll talk about that here in just a minute. Uh, As far as points per game, Florida State is averaging 31.3, Clemson 20.0, and points per game allowed Florida State a little higher with 26.4 and Clemson 14.6. Now, one thing that is really to note there is that Clemson has these numbers without playing offenses that can score. They've played all types of teams, and they haven't been able to cover And the teams that they're playing are terrible offenses. So we're not getting that terrible of an offense here in Florida State. And I think they have plenty, plenty of plenty of success covering this nine and a half. I would even put this down to three and a half if you're asking me. One key difference for me is the Florida State rushing attack. They have been consistent, consistent, consistent over the last three weeks. They're finally looking like themselves, and they broke the 200-yard mark in six out of their seven games so far this year. 
They are 14th in the nation in offensive rush yards and 101st in the nation in tempo. So I think they're going to lean heavy on that. And Clemson's not going to get away from their style of play. They're 114th in the nation in tempo as well. So if at any point Florida State gets a little bit of a lead here, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown, it's going to start putting a lot of pressure on Clemson to get out of their normal game plan. And I think we might see some DJU uh, interceptions, some fumbles, some stuff going on there. And I think that looms large in this matchup. Not to mention... You know, I got the trends, my friend. Clemson's 0-5 ATS, their last five conference games. 0-5 ATS, their last five as a home favorite. And 0-5 ATS, their last five October games. You can look at the historical trends, but I'm calling Fooey. This is a completely different Clemson team at face value. You have to look at what they are doing right now and what they have done this year. They are not covering 9.5. They're not winning by 10. There is no way in hell. I faded the Florida State Seminoles for a long time. I'm back on the train. Give me the Knowles plus nine and a half. I like it. I'm interested. I still stayed away from it. Knowles kind of chapped me a little bit, but that Clemson offense just isn't good. And their defense is good. Uh, but I like what you said. They really have not played any of these ACC offenses that are high flying. I don't mm. think they've played Wake, Virginia. Obviously, no. you know, Florida State's had their flaws, but they still have athletes on offense. So I, I think I'm with you there. Most definitely. So keeping it moving, keeping it grooving for my fifth best bet of the day. Uh, this one is a five-star play for me, my friends. I am going to the matchup between the Oregon Beavers, Oregon State Beavers, and the California Bears. And I'm taking the Oregon State Beavs, minus one and a half. Again, five-star play coming from me with this one, and the Beavs are hot. That is one of the main reasons why I'm on this one. They are um, right now 5-1 uh, and one straight up in their last six and 5-1 and one ATS as well. So they are hot, hot, hot. They were actually down 10 at halftime last week to Utah and battled all the way back to win and cover as a three-point underdog. So I love that. Flip side of the ball, the Bears are cold as all get out. They're 2-4 mm -hmm. straight up their last six. 4-2 ATS, but I'm not really worried about the ATS number because they were really large spreads, not a pick em. I don't really know why this is a pick em. I still think the books aren't giving Oregon State enough respect because in years past, they have started to shoot themselves in the foot around this time. But they are hot right now, and I'm going to keep backing them because... Oregon State is tied with Oregon for first in the Pac-12 North right now. They're trying to fend off a couple other teams. And if they let Cal, well, they're not letting Cal come in. They're going to Cal. I was a little bit backwards there, but they're going to Cal. Cal is dead last. They're 1-3 in conference play so far. They can't go in there and lay an egg. It's just not going to happen, or they're not going to keep pace with Oregon right now. Both Oregon and Oregon State 3-1 and one in Pac-12 play. You don't believe me on all of that? Got the trends for you. Oregon State 6-1 ATS last 7 following a straight-up win. They're also 8-2 ATS last 10 following an ATS win. Oregon State 10-2 ATS last 12 road games. 10-4 ATS last 14 conference games. 3-7 ATS last 10 following an ATS win. And Cal is 3-9-1 ATS their last 13 home games. Beavs keep rolling. Give me Oregon State minus one and a half. All righty. Keep it rocking. Keep it moving. I like it. No question about it. Next one up on tap. The Kentucky Wildcats plus one and a half. My next best bet. This one's a five-star play for me. And I think the Cats are being extremely undervalued and the Bulldogs are being incredibly overvalued. I actually put this line at Kentucky minus three. I do not think they should be the underdogs and I think they should be more of a severe favorite in this spot. They're six and one straight up, six and one ATS. The only loss in either of those columns is because of the 
buzzsaw that is the Georgia Bulldogs, my friends. So I'm not too worried about the Mississippi State Bulldogs, who are 4-3 and three straight up, 3-4 and four ATS, and have done nothing to prove to me that I should back them in any capacity or need to be favored over anybody. The Kentucky Wildcats are the more well-rounded team. They're also coming off of a bye week, so they've had an extra week to prepare here for the Bulldogs. Mississippi State played Vandy last week. Yeah, they piped them, but I think everybody's going to look at that and be like, oh, Mississippi State's back, Leach is back, and I'm just not buying it here yet. Vandy is not and has not or will not be a good team at any point in time. Offense and defensive side of the ball, uh, very, very large here for me. The Mississippi State offense, one-dimensional, you can see it in their numbers, 5.5 yards per play, but 2.5 yards per rush, 8.9 yards per completion. Mississippi State defense, 5.6 yards per play, 3.4 yards per rush, and 12.3 yards per completion. Why does that matter? Because UK's offense is the more well-rounded, well-rounded, as I've already said, 6.2 yards per play, 5.2 yards per rush, and 11.2 yards per completion. Their defense also is better on that side of the ball. 5.1 yards per play, 3.8 yards per rush, and 9.9 yards per completion. They are the much more balanced team, and I do believe that they are able to uh, lean on their passing defense to kind of give them even more of an edge against a Mike Leach team who likes to throw the ball a lot. That all being said, a couple of key trends to close it out. Kentucky 6-0-1 ATS last seven conference games, 4-0 ATS last four October games. They're also 4-1-1 ATS last six as a dog. Mississippi State 5-11 ATS last 16 versus a team with a winning record. 3-7 ATS last 10 home games. 2-5 ATS last seven as a favorite. And Mississippi State is 2-8 ATS last 10 games in October. Give me the UK Wildcats plus one and a half. All righty. Keep it rocking. Keep it. Moving. I'm interested. I'm a little torn on this one, mostly because why? Because I agree with everything you said, but why are why are they dogs? That's really my only hang up. It's like why uh, why aren't they Mississippi favored? State, and they're just still not getting the uh, value I think that you're they right. deserve. I think you're right. Not getting the value they deserve, and I think everybody thinks they are. Oh, classic cats got beat by the Georgia Bulldogs. The Georgia Bulldogs are fucking. I get everybody. yeah. I, I agree with care. you for the most so, part. Next best bet coming up from me. Keeping it moving. I got. The sissy blue train that they are, the UCLA Bruins, plus six and a half. Five-star play for me because this number is way too damn high, my friends. Uh, DTR, Demetrius, Th is that right? Demetrius uh, Thomas Robinson. Uh, hopefully I'm saying that right. I always just go DTR because I, I always mess up his first name. Uh, he is now probable. He was uh, questionable to start the week, and uh, the books made the line based off him being questionable and maybe not even getting the start. Now they can't quickly walk back and say, oh, we didn't mean to make it that high. Mm -hmm. Hey, everybody, take your bets back. Sorry, sorry. They got to leave it at that, and uh, this number is completely incorrect. You look at the records this year, UCLA is 5-3 and three straight up uh, and ATS, but 3-0 and oh ATS on the road. Uh, Utah 4-3 and three straight up and 2-5 and five ATS as well. Utah 3-0 and oh straight up at home. So it's going to be a little bit of a battle, but I really think the ATS splits 5-3 and three ATS for UCLA, 2-5 and five, uh, for Utah. Not already good against the number. Now they need to cover more than a touchdown. I'm just not buying it here in this spot. You would look in the past and you would say, oh, Utah, this is the game that they're going to come. They're going to fuck up UCLA. It's how it happens. Well, it's the exact reason why Chip Kelly was brought in here. And I think that visor is out in full force and power in Utah on Saturday night. As far as Pac-12 play goes, that's something that, uh, that is uh, also looming really large for me here. UCLA is uh, in third place and trying to fend off USC right now, who's not a good team at all. And they're trying to catch Utah, who's actually in second place. So they need 
a good quality win here, actually, but I'm just going to take the points and uh, be safe with it. I think the Bruins make a game and a half out of this. I would only make it three, two and a half in this spot, and I just really think this number is way too high. A couple key trends, UCLA 5-0 ATS last five on the road. 5-1 ATS last six as a dog. 5-2-1 ATS last eight as a road dog. UCLA is also 7-3 ATS last 10 conference games. Utah 1-4 ATS last five. Following an ATS loss and not good as a favorite, 1-5 ATS last six as a favorite. If this was a pick I would be leaning Utah but it's just too many damn points mm. in my mind. So give me UCLA plus six and a half. Yeah, most I agree with you. Or I agreed with a lot of things you said. I'm interested in this one as well. I, I also put it down right around two, three, four points. So I'm I'm thinking it's too many points here because I backed. Uh, I like Utah. I've backed them in a handful of different spots, but six and a half is way too many points to lay. Too many points for them for sure. So I will be back in the sissy blue train plus the six and a half. Now, I already told you about uh, Virginia plus mm-hmm. two and a half. So only got one more coming at you, my friends. And this might quite possibly be one of my favorite uh, bets of the weekend. I got the San Diego, just reading through my notes here as I uh, as I talk about him. I feel like you're just reading as I'm talking. I can oh, see no. you at the nah, corner. I got to stop glancing at you. I'm not reading him yet. Just... <laughs> so, <I'm, laughs> it cracks me up. Um, so this one, I absolutely love this matchup. Uh, I'm going to the matchup, evening matchup, Mountain West matchup mm-hmm. between the Fresno Bulldogs and the San Diego State University Aztecs. I'm taking the Aztecs minus one, and because of a couple key reasons. First things first, the record's here today. San Diego State, 7-0 straight up, 5-2 ATS. They're going to keep rolling. No question in my mind. The Aztecs have consistently always been one of my favorite football teams to watch just because they fly so far under the radar, and they're a damn good team like smack this. In the mouth. They smack you in the mouth out of nowhere. And I think Fresno State, they're a good team in and of themselves, 6-2 and two straight up, 5-3 and three against the number. But I think with the Aztecs having just a little bit more rest here, a little bit more edge in that department, I think that's going to allow them to uh, be a little bit more successful here in all facets of the game. Not to mention their defense san diego state's defense is absolutely monstrous and it's going to make fresno one-dimensional why do i say that because it's fifth in total yards allowed 31st versus the pass pass fourth versus the rush and seventh in points per game allowed they're only allowing 5.7 points per game are the aztecs on defense now the one thing that fresno loves to do is air it out they love to pass the ball 31st versus the pass. They're not going to be able to do that, and they have a terrible run game, so they're not going to be able to lean on their running game either. It's going to make them get bass backwards real fucking fast, and they're not going to know what the, they're not going to be able to tell their ass from a hole in the ground, if you know what I'm saying. It's going to be all types of bass backwards for the Fresno State Bulldogs. Bass backwards. backwards, my friends. Now, I think that's what's going to loom large. They're just not going to be able to stick to their game plan. San Diego State, you said it, partner, is going to come out and smack them in the mouth. I think this is going to be a back-and-forth battle early, uh, and then you'll see San Diego State kind of tail off and get that uh, get maybe a touchdown, 10-point lead towards the end of the game, and then all of a sudden Fresno will try and steam back, but they won't ha- have the firepower to do it. They'll be too tired. So little 9.30 p.m. Central mm. Standard Time air show action. Give me the San Diego State Aztecs to close out my CFB card, minus one. I think I'll be riding with you. This one is in San Diego State? Yes, it is. All right, yeah. I think I'll be riding with you on this one. I think if it was in Fresno, I think I'd be on the opposite side of this one. Yeah. I here. think I'll add this one for a little late night sweat, which I don't think is going to be that sweaty. No, I don't think so either. Five-star play for me if I do say so Love myself. It. Now, all that being said, there is my college football plays, our mags college football plays. 
We've been all over the map. We've covered just about anything you could possibly want. I checked back. Nothing dropped in the comments, anything there. So let's toss up this weekend's Week 9 college football best bets of the day from the TTL crew. If you would so kindly turn your attention directly above us, you see our mag's best bets of the weekend. He's taking the Purdue Boilermakers versus Nebraska Cornhuskers under 52 and a half, his classic Big Ten homer under of the weekend. He's also taking the Auburn Tigers minus three, the UNC Tar Heels plus three and a half, University of Virginia Cavaliers money line, and the Washington Huskies money line. He believes the dogs are barking this weekend, as do I if you turn your attention to the left side of your screen for my picks of the weekend. I am taking Sparty in the battle of Michigan, Michigan State at plus four, Texas plus two and a half, UCM, Hook'em baby, Iowa, Hawkeyes plus three and a half, Florida State Seminoles plus nine and a half against Clemson, taking the Oregon State Beavers to keep rolling minus one and a half, Kentucky Wildcats plus one and a half, have some coyons and back the cats, don't worry about it, UCLA Bruins plus six and a half, UVA Cavaliers plus two and a half, and the San Diego State Aztecs minus one. On closing out my card and all of our best bets of the weekend you know the drill lock them in hammer them home sprinkle a little bit of dough down whatever you need to say just make sure you get this weekend's week nine cfb bets from the ttl crew in it whatever the best line is on your favorite sports book all right all right <laughs> let's keep it moving keep it grooving keep this whole thing oh yeah no, that you didn't need to see those never mind wrong uh wrong little thing there that i hit let me uh oh shit shit never mind those are the wrong ones my apologies my apologies producer hey producer quit fucking up the show over there fuck dude. all right so everything in between let's keep it moving the proverbial podcast train steaming down the tracks if you will let's now switch gears week eight nfl season the big boys, the professional leagues. Let's see what we got cooking. Back to the now third segment of today's show with our mags. Best NFL bets of the weekend. Partner, once again, let us have it. You have the floor. Alrighty, so I've got three coming at you today. Partner's not going to like this one at all. But I'm kicking things off with the 49ers going into Soldier Field into Chicago. And I am taking the 49ers minus three, like them up to minus four as well. I'm not looking at that performance last week for the 49ers. And a, a, a downpour is an understatement. It was literally a, a river that they were playing in, essentially. Atmospheric river. Atmospheric river. To be uh, direct. Yeah, so it was. they were literally playing in a river. I think we have another game where... The Bears have some serious trouble moving the ball, folks. Tampa's defense was banged up last week, and I put this current 49ers defense on a similar level as that uh, Tampa Bay's banged-up defense there. And, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be an absolute beatdown like it was for the Bears against the Tampa Bay Bucks, but... I do think the Niners have the edge here. Bears defense is going to be out without Khalil Mack. They're banged up a little bit beyond him as well. Bears offense, and like I mentioned, going to have some trouble moving the ball. They have the worst pass offense in the league right now. 49ers are near the top in pass defense. Bears have a little bit of an edge running the ball in this game, and I think they might have some success, but I think it's going to be a similar story. They ain't going to put up more than 14, 16 points. I'm not saying Jimmy G lights up the board like Brady did last week, but I do think he has a nice day. My prediction is a 24-16 49ers win. Last thing for me here on this one, Bears 1-6, one ATS last seven as an underdog. Have not been good covering these spots with some key numbers, honestly, too. It's not like they've had some mediocre numbers. They've had some good numbers to cover, and they just can't do it. So I like this Niners team to bounce back in this one. 
and not saying they're going to make a playoff run, but I do think they, uh, you know, just get a little frisky with a little playoff action, uh, trying to get close to a 500 record here, partner. You feel better about yourself now? Hey man, I uh, you know, I've told you I I have it's gone beyond yeah, yeah, hate. Yeah, yeah. I've gone beyond hate watching your bears. It's that it's that and uh, it's that tough to That's watch. That's why I'm over so. here looking like somebody just shot my puppy dog, dude. Because <laughs> I it it's just it's, now I'm happy. It's it's just not man. It's I can't disagree with anything you're right. saying. We haven't been able to put up over 20 points of offense, and I think you're right. Like it, it, I love a good four point home dog. It's one of my favorites in the entire sure. NFL. I have no coyones when it I don't comes think it's to back in this at all. I mean, the one way, like, what are they going to have to do? Khalil Herbert, Damian Williams, it's have ripping to have off 400 eight, fucking exactly. yards. That's what like, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, That's what I'm, I'm saying. Sorry, like I and without Khalil Mack, I mean, it's, Akeem Hicks is still questionable. It's it's not looking good for your Bears. I have enough faith too in that 49ers defense to kind of throw a little bit of confusion, a little desperation the old, too. Old rook for sure. So okay, I all don't right. agree with it. I'm not fucking backing it. But our mags bear down. First best bet of the weekend, San Francisco 49ers, minus four. Please keep it moving. Sir. I got it at minus three and a half, but I like it. Minus three and a half, minus four, either way. All right, partner. We're a little bit, uh, we've got some similar opinions on this one, and uh, we need to break out our shovels. You have broken out the shovels a little earlier. I decided I was not breaking out the shovels, and now I. This is the football team. I blew off the, uh, I blew off the dust off my shovel. Welcome because, back, fellas. Yeah, welcome back because I am throwing the Denver Broncos deeper into the grave that I had the Washington football team, and I am taking not I'm not I'm I don't need the points in this one for me over here. I know you like the points and the money line, but I am taking the Washington football team money line. This guy is getting it they done. They live. They live. In Denver. I don't care that they're going to Denver. I have me lost neither. all faith in Denver on both sides of the ball. I their defensive numbers are fooey. Their play team. calling on offense is brutal. And like I said, partner, I am as concerned about their defense as I am about their offense. Their numbers on the season look good for the full season. Remember those first three games against some bad opponents, but the last three games, they are bottom three in the NFL in yards per play allowed. It is not looking good on the defensive side of the ball. They do get Jerry Judy back, but I don't think that's going to matter too much here. But we finally started to see a little bit of sign of life from that Washington football defense that we've been waiting week after week to see. Obviously, the Packers got the win last week, gave up 24 points to the Packers, and Washington only put up 10. But if you watch that game, you know, and I, I'm not going to sit here and say the Washington football team should have won that game, but it should have been a much closer game. They should have put up some points on my Packers defense there. Their yards per play was right around seven yards per play. And like I just said, Denver's defense last three is one of the worst teams in the league yards per play. Don't care that it's in Denver. Don't care about mile high in that uh, atmosphere in Washington being gassed. I think they are. I'm not, uh, you know, back on where we were on them in the preseason. Certainly not. Might even put them back in the grave after this. I don't know, even if they win. But I really, really like the Washington football team money line. I believe that. I mean, the line's right around three and a half. So obviously, I like those points as well. But give me every bit of that money line, partner. It's the last step in time. Grab the fucking shovel, but keep the dirt next to the fucking grave. There you go. Because we might not be keeping them out too long. The Broncos look absolutely terrible, my friends. You mentioned it. Jerry Judy back. I don't give a fuck. That doesn't do anything for this offense. He's a great. He's a great receiver. I'm not. I'm not. It doesn't hurt. But it doesn't put anything over the map. It doesn't change what they have. Their offense is dead, 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 dead. Their defense is slowly dying. 
Like our friend here on the floor, their defense is starting to look like this now because they can't get off the freaking field right. nonstop. The Broncos deserve to be favored over nobody, my friends. Now, I'm not as uh, not as crazy over the moon, not making it only my one play to take the uh, Washington football team money line. I'm taking them at the plus three for a full unit and then doing a half unit sprinkle as I always do on their money line. But I might have a little extra play for you later too, so stick around for that. But I also think, much like you, partner, that WFTs do for a little bit of positive regression. Yeah, everything that has gone could go wrong has gone wrong. Some bad my luck, friends, and it has been just absolutely ridiculous. I think that defense has a chance to finally ratchet itself up, regardless of if this game is in mile high. And I think old Taylor Bud Lydicky finally shows up and has him a big old game here. I don't have, to, I really don't have any worries about him performing against the Denver defense, just because I don't think they're going to be able to get off the field. Last but not least, here we go. The Trent football team, 4-1 ATS last five week eight games. The Denver Broncos, 3-10-1 ATS last 14 as a home favorite. 1-4 ATS last five following a straight-up loss. And 0-4 ATS last four October games. Not to mention this here, football teams, 4-1 ATS last five meetings with Denver. They're almost identical seasons so far, my friends. You can look at these teams' face value, and they're almost identical. But the football team has had the much harder schedule, so that gives them the decided edge. We're taking them out of the grave, me and my partner, Washington football team. Money line for him, full unit on the plus three and a half unit on the money line for me as well. My dumbass didn't even realize it's about to be Halloween and we're taking him out of the fucking grave, guy. Whoa, dude. Whoa, dude. And yeah, not even, I didn't realize Not even it when either. you held up the damn mask. I didn't even I realize dumbass. it either. I mean, this this, this is, <laughs> it, it could not be a better fucking So yeah, time. they can go right back in the grave they after this. They can go right back in the grave after this. I don't it's care all if they win by two touchdowns. We'll throw them back in there. Sure. We'll toss them back in there. We'll no throw problem. both these teams in there together. 150%. <laughs> okay, so we have decided it. It's all done here. Right, let I me love it. Write it. All right, it's good to go. Yeah. It's pinned on the board. Now, Partner, I know you got one more to dish out here. So if you could be so kind as to indulge us, I do believe we are. My wheels are spinning on some other stuff, but yes, well. go ahead. Oh, are you on? No, no, no. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You so, keep it moving how you were. So the next one. Uh, I don't remember where I was going from there because now I want you to tell me where your wheels are spinning. So the Indianapolis so, Colts. I'll cut in. Where are you going? If we're pulling out the Washington football team out of the grave for Halloween, does that mean we have to pull out some other teams that we've dumped into the grave? A la the Jacksonville Jaguars going to Seattle. Is there any? I'm blanking on anyone else. Why did Why did you have to uh, say that? I'm sorry. Why did you? Have it's to Halloween. Say that? We're digging them out of the grave. It's hey, Geno Smith for the Seahawks. I could see the Jaguars going in. Okay. Uh, well, while my wheels spin on that uh, shit now, if you could be so kind as to tell uh, these fine folks what's your third best bet of the day before we, we go down another a, rabbit hole, a graveyard parlay, a graveyard on hole. Goodness gracious! All right. So third and final play for me officially here before we uh you know get some wild act uh, additions to our card here. So I am going. This might actually surprise some people. Both of us are going to this matchup. We've got the Colts minus two and a half at home against the Tennessee Titans. This Colts offense is starting to heat up a little bit here. And their defense has been uh, not jumping off the page, but they've been holding water. And I think we see a little bit of improvement here. But these matchups have been very typically very close the last handful of years. And the Colts hung with them in Nashville. The Tennessee Titans ended up getting a nine-point win. 
But the Colts offense is starting to find their stride, and they are much better than what we saw when they did play Tennessee at Tennessee. Colts are 7-3 ATS last 10 in Indy in this matchup. This was in Tennessee, and it was uh, the similar line, or even Titans minus 2.5. I might lean towards the Titans. But at home, I think this Colts team is starting to heat up. I think their defense is going to step up. And as, as solid as the Titans have looked, I think we see a tiny bit of regression for them against an opponent that knows them better than anyone. So I like this Colts team minus 2.5. I mean... For the general public, they're going to see the Titans as a dog the way they've been playing. Their eyes are going to light up. We're taking the other side, and I like this Colts team to go minus two and a half here. Yeah, I definitely uh, am all over everything you're saying, and also that I think Tennessee's due for a little bit of regression here. Their last Three of their last five games were against Kansas City, Jacksonville, and the New York Jets. Obviously, we know that Kansas City's not really Kansas City right now, and we know all we need to know about the Jags going Jag and the New York Jets. So I think they're due for a little bit of regression. I think the public's eyes are going to light up when they see Tennessee as a dog how they've been playing lately and I think with Indianapolis being five and two ATS regardless of their three and four straight up record they're going to start getting on the right side of that win here and they need one here bad um it was not the best showing against uh Tennessee they already played once this year the Titans got the win 25 to 16 but that was in Tennessee you already talked about it if it's in Indianapolis uh we like that a lot better here you already mentioned it seven and three ATS last 10 in Indy but the Colts are also 14 and six ATS last 20 meetings with okay, the Tennessee yeah. Titans so not bad at all and then one uh other key bit of advantage I saw was they're both playing on equal rest no yeah. uh no advantage or disadvantage here so under reich uh playing teams on equal rest the indianapolis culture 2018 and 318 ah, i missed that one. under Vrabel with equal rest uh so exact same time this has been since 2018 17 22 and 1 ats with equal rest okay. so a little bit of an edge there nothing crazy but still a solid little edge there and then last but not least indies 4-0 ats last four overall 4-0 ats last four in october 4-1 ATS last five versus a team with a winning record. Okay. Give me Carson to yeah. uh, light it up, rock and roll. He's been maybe, playing well. Maybe a little bit of a shootout. I love him to get it done by at least a field goal at Lucas Oil. Love it. That's all I got from my side of things, partner. All right, dude. Well, there we go. There we have it. Your side of things. Now, how about we keep it rolling into my side of things? My best NFL bets of the weekend, if you will. Now, first things first. Um, oh yeah, let's let's preface that real quick before the um, before I get into my picks. What we just pointed at, what I just pointed at right there when we were talking about, which the gears are spinning, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mags took Minnesota mm, plus two and a half. Correct. Um, and I wanted to make sure to mention this too, because he was going to give it out, and I was like, yeah, I think you should still give it out. Then I started thinking about it, and I was like, well, damn, if you gave out plus two and a half, the reason why this line's already flipped. And there's a little bit. They're up to minus three now. They're up to minus three now. At least that's what uh, actually, yeah. <sighs> minus two and a half maybe on DraftKings. I think it's three on FanDuel. See, so I'm just, I'm tentative with them as a favorite. With yep. them as the dog, I fucking love it. Yep. I love it. And I think they're still getting sharp and big money, right? Uh, Yeah, I guess I don't know if, how you would indicate that after this yeah, switch. after everything. Quickly. So I don't know exactly what's going on there. It's very, very Fucking confusing. adore the two and a half. Yeah, I could have gotten the two and a half. Yeah, I obviously can't get that I, out Well, because I went to lock it in last night and it wasn't there. And I was like. Oh, well, uh, minus two and a half. What did Mags do well, wrong? And then I started looking. I was like, holy shit, it flipped. What I think the, the strategy, if you didn't catch that two and a half, uh, A, if you like the Cowboys and you think that Dak is going to come back, scoop that plus three right now. Mm. 
because he is questionable, kind of starting to sound a little iffy, especially the way that obviously their aspirations for the full season. They don't need to force him into this game. He also said it's not entirely his decision, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's something that looms large for me. I'm not sure what the line would jump to if he's for sure out, because I, like I would wait for some more news on this, because I I, I have no name, interest. Can you in, name their backup quarterback? Uh, it was uh Garrett Garrett Gilbert, right? Gary Gilby. Garrett it Gilby? might still be old Garrett Gilbert. Cooper, uh, yeah. I'm blanking on them, but they were bad. They were really bad. Yeah. But I would be, I would be so upset if I took minus two and a half, minus three with the Vikings, and then Dak mm. did come back. Mm. That would be a a That's absolute mess. So yeah. I would stay away from it from now, unless you have some insight that Dak's coming back or he's definitely not coming back. Because uh, like if you have, if you guarantee me right now that Dak's not going to be playing, I'd still be interested in that minus two and a half, minus three. Yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely flirt more with it uh, in, in that regard. But yep. yeah, without the solid knowing Dak news, but like. The book's got to know something to be able to flip it like that. Must so have that's not. why I also think, like, fuck, I kind of like yeah, it. Yeah, typically but it's when just, it's questionable yeah. like that, and it's like, oh, maybe they might tick it down a half or maybe one point. Mm. But I think it's like a five-point movement at this point. Yeah. Yeah, so a little bit a uh, little bit cause for concern there, right. my friend. So we digress. Glad you caught that. I wanted out. to uh, mention that to you guys because that's a uh, pretty valuable insight so that we had a little side conversation off the show. So now into my best bets of the weekend, NFL best bets. First game I'm going to the AFC North Division matchup between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns, and I'm taking the dog with the points. I think the puppies are barking in the NFL this weekend. Call me crazy, but I'm taking the Steelers plus three and a half. Four-star play for me, and I see this game ending by three points one way or another. Pittsburgh might win it. Cleveland might win it, but what I really see is a defensive battle, not to mention Steelers are coming off of a bye week, my friends, so they had some time to get healed up. Old Big Ben with about 15 different fucking bandages there and slings go. and there ice packs on him. He's ready to rock and roll now. They had some defensive injuries. They had some offensive injuries that they've been able to heal up, and now I think they're at full capacity. Not to mention, Cleveland did have the last Thursday night football game, so they've had a little bit of time, but not near as much time as the Steelers have had to prepare for a division game and preparation and rest is very, very key in those games. I mentioned this would be a defensive battle. I think you can uh, draw that from the total. It's set at 42.5, so points are going to be at a premium, my friends. Denver's D, second in the league in total yards, or uh, Cleveland's D, second in the league in total yards, third versus the pass. Oh my gosh, seventh versus the pass, and second versus the rush. I keep looking down below that. I need to scroll because I'm talking about the Pittsburgh defense next. (laughs) I think that they're going to continue to improve, and uh, why I said Denver is because Cleveland has not scored over 17 points in but one of their last four games, and those games were against Denver, Arizona, the Chargers, and Minnesota. So now you know why I was uh, getting a little bit ahead of myself there. But that being said, I think the Cleveland D is, uh, I don't want to say fugazi, but uh, they're going to not have as much success here today. And I think we see a little bit, or Sunday that being, I think the old uh, Big Ben-led Steelers show up. But if you don't believe me, there's some key things as to why I believe this is going to boil down to the Steelers covering pittsburgh is 25 and 9 and 2 ats last 36 games as a dog they're also 11 and 4 ats last 15 as a road dog pittsburgh under tomlin in afc north division games is 48 38 and 4 ats and in afc north division games under stefanski Cleveland is 1-6 ATS, so big, big difference there. Cleveland is also 10-25-1 ATS, their last 36 division games, and 0-6 ATS, last six in Week 8. Big Ben is the big brother 
of the Browns, my friends. 23-2-1 ATS lifetime against the Brownies. He's not going to not cover, my friends. There's no way it happens. And one final closing thought. They might even get the outright win. I might even be crazy enough to do a little sprinkle. Not here on the show, maybe by Sunday, because Big Ben, as a two-and-a-half-point dog or less, he is 24-12 and 12 straight up, not to mention seven out of eight in the last uh, eight times he has been as a two-and-a-half-point dog or less. So I love this spot for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 4-2 and two ATS last six meetings with the Browns. Give me all the Steelers. Plus three and a half. All right. I'm interested. I've kind of had the Steelers in my own personal, like, mini little grave. Mm -hmm. Not a full burial, but one where kind of half buried, like half arms and legs kind of sticking out. Mm -hmm. So if I really wanted them, I could scoop them right out. Uh But uh, uh, Mm -hmm. it does sound like Baker Mayfield is playing. I actually like that a little more for the Steelers side of thing because I'm surprised. Like, I'm not a Baker Mayfield hater by any means. Mm -hmm. I just think if he's banged up still, which I have to imagine he still is, I'd prefer a healthy, fully healthy Case Keenum over Baker Mayfield if on the Browns. So I'm interested in that three and a half, but I still have just uh, just not loved what I see from the Pittsburgh offense. It's picking up, no doubt about it. But uh, I haven't either. What really drew me over? The bye week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like I said, I like the three and a half. I'm also interested in the under a little bit here, too. but uh, Maybe. That's not the play. That's sure, not sure. what we're talking oh, no. about. Well, let's it keep rocking. it moving. Keep it grooving. We've been a little extra windy <laughs> today. So let's keep it moving. My now third best bet of the day, because I already told you about the Indianapolis Colts minus two and a half when my partner took it. We're both on that one. My next one, third and actually fourth best bets, the w- whatever way you want to look at it here, I am taking. The Detroit Lions plus three and a half for a full unit, and I'm taking a sprinkle of a half unit on their money line. Five-star play from your boy this weekend. Kneecaps are getting bit the fuck off, and I don't care what you want to say about it. There is no way in fuck that Nick Sirianni (laughs) and the Philadelphia Eagles should be favored over anybody, and I will gladly, gladly, gladly take MCDC's boys the Motor City Madman Lions to take care of three and a half right before their bye week and notch their first win in the win column. I don't see Mr. Campbell allowing his team to go into the bye week on a sour note. I think we are going to see the best Lions performance we have yet. And the best part is, we talked about it yesterday, partner, I don't think they need to pull out all the stops Mm. to get the job done. They just need to play a good four quarters of football, and this game is all but theirs. Detroit has been stiffed left, right, and center, my mm-hmm. friend. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad for them. Mm-hmm. I've seen their head coach stand at a podium and cry. Mm-hmm. I cannot physically bear that as a man anymore, so I will put some of that weight on my shoulder, and I will throw my money at them to give them the good vibes. I cannot wait to see the Lions get this outright win. I cannot wait to see Detroit all of a sudden think in their back and then get crushed again back in week 10 or week 11 <laughs> whenever they come out of it. Week 11 out of the bye, but for right here, right now, I'm back in those Detroit Lions, and there's a couple key trends as to why I absolutely love this. Detroit, 5-1 and one ATS, last six on field turf. Mm. We talk about that all the time on this show. That's very, very critical and a very, very specific type of turf. Philadelphia, 2-5 and five ATS, last seven versus a team with a losing record. 1-5 ATS, last six games on field turf as well. 1-8 ATS, last nine as a favorite are the Eagles. And 0-4 ATS, last four as a road favorite. They do not need to be favored 
evidence is there. And Detroit is 5-2 ATS last seven versus Philadelphia. We don't have to worry about any goofy weather playing in Philadelphia for old deer in the headlights golf to get fucked no. up. So he's in a dome. We're good to rock and roll. Please, Jared, let's get it done. I'm with you. Detroit Lions, plus three and a half for a full unit. Sprinkle a half unit on their money line as well. I love it. I'll uh, I'll be backing them in some capacity. I, I, I Something pulled me back. It's these Eagles games that really stop me. And it's not the Eagles <laughs> themselves. The Eagles. Like I, I'm with you. I am going to be backing the Lions in some capacity. But these Eagles games just in general every week have just been so goofy on these Ugh. spreads. But I am with you. I I have to. This is there. You look at their schedule. I looked at their schedule, and it's like, all right, this has to be it. Well, it was either this or the fucking Jags, and the Jags gone Jag. So give me the Lions, baby girl. Oh shit! Now he's all over the Jags. We might have to talk about. No, that I'm not later. saying that, but just say the Jags gonna Jag, and then I'm taking the Detroit Lions. Yeah, let's go, baby. <laughs> the 0 7 Detroit 0 7 Lions. Detroit Lions. All right, so there you go. There you have it. I got uh, two more plays coming at you, and then a little bit of a special play. Mm. Uh, I told you wasn't there going to be any special plays, but hey, your boy your boy always likes to bring a little extra value. Cooked it up last night while I was in the lab, so decided to bring it along. Not going to be yet, though. Next best bet coming for me. I am taking in the matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. I am going to the absolute electric legend that is... Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints. I'm taking plus four and a half, baby. Four-star play for me. This is a fucking famous Jameis revenge game if I've ever seen one, boys and girls. Everybody's talking shit. Oh, Jameis, they're going to have to depend on your arm. They have the best (laughs) rushing defense in the league. It's not going to be very good. He's going to look stupid. Well, I believe that famous Jameis just might have four fucking touchdowns, and they might look damn good, and they just might pull off a crazy upset victory because what did I say earlier on in this show? Plus four and a half underdogs at home Mm. in the NFL are my favorite fucking spread to back. I love it. Tampa Bay has had a cake schedule so far. They played Chicago. Give me a fucking break. Miami, Philadelphia, New England. Lost to the Rams, my friends. Good team. Lost to the Rams. Atlanta and almost lost to Dallas to start the season. Cupcake schedule, my friend. They're due for a little bit of regression, and especially in this NFC South matchup that is always wild the first time these two teams meet up. Now, I do believe Tom will get his lick back when we get closer to the playoffs, all that jazz. Right now, this is famous James's time, my friend. Not to mention AK and Ingram back in tandem together. One of the best uh, per Jameis, uh best running back condoms in the league. <laughs> yeah, Not best running back tandems in the league. <laughs> Either way, I think this is going to be a defensive battle. Um, absurd. This is, yeah, is the first meeting, so it's going to be touch and feel uh, with the defense. New Orleans defense, seventh in total yards, 20th versus the pass, and third versus the rush. Um, Tampa Bay, ninth in total yards allowed, 23rd versus the pass, and first versus the rush. So I think that famous Jameis is uh, going to have a doggone good game, and these teams are damn near identical. I mean, both of those splits are pretty much the same. So I think this is going to be back and forth regardless. Oh, no, Jamel Dean's back. Richard Sherman's back. I'm shaking in my fucking boots. It's all right, boys. I'm all over the Saints. But if you don't believe me, believe the trends. Tampa Bay 5-14-1 ATS last 20 games in October. 1-4 ATS last 5 games in Week 8. They're also 0-4 ATS their last 4 
as a road favorite. New Orleans, 6-1-1 ATS last eight Week 8 games. They're also 7-2 ATS last nine as a home dog. Who dat nation? New Orleans, 3-6-15 ATS last 51 games in October, and they have owned the NFC South against the number in their last 10, going 7-3 against the spread. New Orleans, 5-1 ATS last six meetings with Tampa Bay. Give me the Saints to come marching the fuck in, and you might even see me have a little sprinkle on this money line, too. The doggies are barking, baby. New Orleans Saints, plus four and a half. I think I might be with you on this one, my man. The Saints that just have me juice talking yeah, about. It. I, I think know. it's gonna be a game. Yeah, I think so too. That Saints defense just has a nice recipe for this Tampa offense. Mm, I think that's really what it boils down to. And as I kind of I don't know that I was all the way sold on my play last night, and then I started talking about it. I was like, damn, okay, this I think so. I'm really confident I think about so, this yeah. one now. So there we go. There we have it. Uh already talked about Washington football team and the football team money line. So yep. I don't have anything else to uh give you guys. I actually do have one final thing. Now, partner. Might end up backing me on this. He sounds like he's getting a little more confident in the old MCDC boys. I might be crazy. I know it's a bold move, Cotton. I understand. But the final best bet I'm going to give for you guys is a two-leg parlay. A two-leg puppy parlay. A two-leg puppy parlay, I believe, has insane value with two fucking teams that I would not dare have said this but one week ago. <laughs> or any week. Any week before this or maybe even after this. But right here, right now, in week eight, holy shit, of the NFL season, with me, because it's already hammered in, if you would like, parlay up the Detroit Lions money line and the Washington football team money line. Nasty, I know, but you're getting plus 534 odds. You just toss a little bit of sprinkle on that bad boy, and that's going to be a nice Sunday bankroll builder. Can we get real graveyardy and toss in the old... Jacksonville Jaguars into that bad boy. Okay, so I will tell you, if you are a fan, if you are a fan of mine, firstly, quickly, before we go on, okay, that's all of my NFL best bets of the week, and I got some shit to actually talk about here now. So if you are a fan of mine and my Twitter, Mm -hmm. I mentioned this to you off the show, partner. For sure. I do my balcony bets. Of course. Right? And last few weekends, we've had some displacement in the old DTL for sure. production for studio. Sure. Some shit happening. Blah, blah. I'm going to be back in fucking action this week. Right? It might be raining. Fuck, it might be snowing. Because I came across the time hop video uh, last year where it was snowing oh, yeah. on this date last <laughs> okay. year. So we might have, who knows what you're going to see on Sunday. But what I will tell you is two legs of my balcony bets parlay are going to be the Detroit Lions and the Washington football team. And I may or may not be looking at a team that you had their legs in the grave uh-huh. that you can quickly rip out. Uh-huh. And then I may or may not also be looking at the old fight in Urban Myers. Yeah. Yeah. I got no interest in Geno Smith whatsoever, dude. None. None, None whatsoever. I've seen so, enough. I've so, seen enough. So maybe you see that as my balcony bets parlay. Ugh. Maybe we discuss some it's things. Halloween, maybe, dude. Who knows? Maybe we have to take them. What are we looking at for some odds on that bad boy? Because I got some shit I'm I'm saving for my bet slip for later. So which one is it now? I got Jags, WFT, Lions. And Steelers. And Steelers. All money line? Mm-hmm. 42.94. That sounds like a Halloween parlay if I've ever heard of one. Ten bucks get you 439. Ooh, child, please. I, hey, hey, hey. Actually, that's pretty doggone close to 420. You're a madman. You're a madman. You're a madman. Hey, I had my 420.69 parlay <laughs> yesterday. It didn't work out. Hey, so that might be... The balcony bets we might uh might do it 
three legs. I don't know. What I do know is that you need to lock in the Detroit Lions and the Washington football team on the money line. Parlay those bad boys up, plus 534 odds. All right, quickly, in case you missed anything, let's recap all of this weekend's week eight NFL best bets coming from the TTL crew directly above us right again, except on the opposite side of your screen this time, our mags best bets of the weekend he's got three coming at you yes son of a bitch he's taking the san francisco 49ers minus three and a half i'm not happy about it i'm not excited about it i will still bear down but they are on my secondary tv he's also taken out of the grave the washington football team on the money line and the indianapolis colts as we are live from lucas oil stadium behind us minus two and a half might as well start there on the opposite side of your screen with my best bets because i am two taking the Indianapolis Colts minus two and a half. Also taking the Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC North Division battle with the Cleveland Browns at plus three and a half. I also love Motor City Dan Campbell's boys, Lions plus three and a half and a half unit sprinkle on their money line. Love the Saints plus four and a half in a famous Jameis revenge game. Also taking the Washington football team plus three and a half for a full unit. Little sprinkle on their money line as well. And if you missed it, here it is now. Got to remember which way I'm pointing. Lions money line, Washington football team money line parlay, two teams. Let's call it the been getting absolute fucked all year parlay. Lions football team plus 534. Let's get that some bitch to the pay window. Lock them in, hammer them home. Damn, does it feel good to say that? Sprinkle a little bit of dough down, whatever you need to say. Just make sure you get this weekend's week eight. Holy cow, NFL TTL best bets. Coming from the crew, in it, whatever the current best line is on your favorite sports book. Wowza. Whew. Wowza. My friend, another pick spectacular in the books. I'm going to do I'm going to do too. Hey, that might be the balcony bets parlay, so don't you worry. If it is, it will be live in prime time on Sunday morning. I swiped up my app. I got back into DraftKings. It's still there. Oh, it hasn't disappeared yet. Oh, what do you know? All right, I digress. But now you got a little bit of teaser what might be coming for the weekend. So, all right, 20 minutes after the hour. Let's shoot for around 11.30, maybe a little after. You know you always should take the over, especially on uh, these here Friday shows. But, that all being said, let's kick off the second half of uh, the Talking the Line podcast, if you will, with the only way that we know how. Partner, anything burning on the brain, melting on the heart, festering on the soul that you have been dying to get out to the kind folks that joined us on episode number 153 of the TTL pod on this absolutely beautiful Friday of bets, also known as October 29th, 2021. All right, partner, how about a little, we can keep this quick, but a little mid-season team total over under Oh, check. And I'm oh. interested to see where our opinions lie on this. Oh. So, we've got, and I, I didn't do every single one. It's just a few that I'm interested in. Arizona Cardinals, after last night, sitting over under 13 and a half still. 13 and a half. 14 and three will get you the over. Two more losses you can suffer. Ooh. I guess we can look at their schedule. We'll yeah, I'll uh, go go ahead, do your thing, and I'll uh, dadgum. Panthers, six and a half, feeling amazing earlier on in the season. Not looking great these days. The Dallas Cowboys, 11 and a half. That seems a little low the way the vibe is feeling. That the seems like it's uh, But at the same time, and I've got a couple other teams on here too. Eagles, seven and a half. Washington football team, five and a half. These NFC East teams, obviously the bottom three are all at two and five, 
there are so many games between those teams, though, that at least one of these teams is going to come out with a solid record here mm -hmm. in a handful of weeks. I don't know exactly who mm -hmm. it's going to be, but one of those NFC East teams, if you think you find an edge with them, might have some value on their season total. Lions two and a half. I uh, so you're telling me five and a half for the football team? Yeah, man. They're two and five right now. Yeah, we man. We still got eleven weeks of this shit to go. And like I said, so we think they're getting the win against the Broncos. No That's three. Way. Still got Tampa. They go to Carolina. Carolina's looking ugly. They got Seattle. Probably Wilson back. They go to the Raiders. Tough. Cowboys. Tough. But then they go Eagles. Cowboys. Eagles. Giants. They gotta be able to get six. No, they only need I four more fucking wins. They got if they get with this one. I I. They'll need three more. It's tough, actually, mm. but I think they could. Uh, Eagles, okay. seven and a half. Patriots, seven and a half. I, I'm, so that was another one I was interested in this weekend. I'm waiting for some line movement on the Patriots. Mm. Dropping down to four. If that goes even lower, I might be interested in the Patriots. Chiefs at nine and a half. Chiefs at nine and a half. Mm. Low-hanging fruit if you still believe in the Chiefs, which I don't believe you do. But No, I do not, and I might just fucking take the Giants plus nine and a half with Danny Dimes being a road dog. All right. But All I right. don't have enough faith in that. But I also just I, I think it's Fade City for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. There's no reason you should back them right. nine and a half. Right. Get out of town. Uh, last one, Colts eight and a half. If Ooh. we think they're getting this win, getting to four and four, they got the Jets and Jags. They got twice with the Jags still on their schedule. They've got the Jets. They got the Texans still. Uh, Remember then, how we talked about that on the season preview? Like, if they started out rocky, they had a serious shot to be able to scrap and claw yeah, back. Yeah, I was, I was telling you this either. morning, that was one team. I mean, we've had a couple teams where mm. with as Washington football team that we were whiffed on, but this cold season is kind of rolling along. You know, Pretty we accurate. predicted a slow start, and then they're going to start heating up with their schedule, mm. but also just the team getting cohesive together. So that's so. kind of what we're seeing. I'd be interested in that over eight and a half, especially – you give me two games against the Jags, one against the Texans. And uh, if they lose this week, I think it'll probably be an under. Uh, yeah. They'll probably stick to maybe seven, eight wins. But if they get that win, they're back in, back in business back for the in AFC business South. And, yeah, so. back in uh, playoff contention, all that for sure. So uh, hopefully that uh, didn't disconnect. Hopefully that didn't screw anything up. Maybe it did. Uh, it's all doing its shit now, so maybe we're all jacked up. But either way, uh, we're reconnected now, so maybe we're back in action. Either way, <laughs> I have no fucking clue. I uh, love the streaming software when it likes to do this shit. But all that being said, looks like we're good to go. Um, appreciate your sidebar, partner. Definitely uh, some Cardinals over under 13 and a half. That's got to be under. They still got a bunch of division games They left. got a lot. I would yeah, go under on that. Yeah, I would think I would, too. Wins. Outside of all the ones that you listed, though, are like really, really interesting. Shit. I got to right? sit down and think about this for a minute here. Oh, my gosh. So, hey. Still got a lot to shake out, but uh, you know where we live this weekend, what we're thinking, how everything's shaking out. So maybe if you're trying to make some future plays, take uh, into regards what we talked about and maybe look at those too, because I think we got some valuable insights that might lean into that stuff yeah, too. Yeah, for so, sure. All right, anything else there, partner? Uh, that's about it. Nothing crazy breaking news-wise <laughs> except for Baker Mayfield. Tyrod Taylor not going to be starting this weekend. Uh, okay. Aside from that, I don't think there was too much uh, interesting news you here. You said Baker Mayfield. What about him? Sounds like he's going to play on Sunday. Oh, I actually like that a lot more for the Steelers. Uh, says Antonio Brown is the one buck already ruled out for the game in New Orleans. Wow, so no Antonio thing. Brown. Don't know. Uh, but yeah, Davis Mills in. Dak Prescott feels sore. Should practice Friday. Uh, uh, Mike McCarthy says he's feeling a bit sore, but is expected to practice. So, I mean, if he's practicing, I have to imagine he's playing. But like you said, the books don't flip it like that unless they think uh Dak is going to take a seat out so I'm kind of leaning towards that I don't know what to expect though yeah uh Trey Lance too 
Um, did you mention him? I did not. Uh, yeah, he might see some spot action this week. He's looking like he might be back in action uh, here or there. But yeah, outside of that, nothing really nothing nothing crazy. Really too major. Yeah, kind of pretty much what we already knew. Kadarius Tony back in action. That's, that's pretty nice. Yeah, that is nice. Giants, I got him on my so. fantasy team. So not bad for that. They've been uh, they've been needing a little extra receiving yeah. option there. So definitely something to think about. Ooh, uh, I like I like that even more for the Giants on Monday night. Yes, obviously, sir. but he's taking them. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it uh, come Monday's show for sure. You know we have best bets and uh, everything going on there. But outside of that, partner, um, nothing major that I got really. Uh, we've pretty much freaking covered about everything on this map. Uh, college basketball, eleven days away now, right around the freaking corner. Wow. Um, so next week, uh, I'm going to dive into some things. I dove, dove into some John Rostein shit, uh, yeah, this yeah. morning as far as some transfer portals, some under the radar guys, some under the radar teams. So hey, shout out John Rostein yeah. and that what he does for college basketball is just beyond anything that I could even comprehend. And I didn't even really know about him until uh, like really, really know about him until last year. Yeah. And he's so fascinated to hear interviews about just how much of a college basketball robot he is. Yeah. Like you ask him like, Oh, are you interested in this? Like he's been on part of my take and has incredible interviews. Like, Oh, do you watch football? Like oh, I watch the Super Bowl socially. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> So you're just there because it's a social event, basically. Yeah, one hundred percent. He is all college basketball. Sleep in so May, baby. if you, yeah, we sleep in May. Sleep in it fucking May. It spreads. It spreads. Uh, we, you know, we gotta do a little. What, what is it, Bar Louie or whatever the hell? Uh, he always goes in in New York. If we ever make it out to New York, uh, uh, yeah, we'll make it out to New York. Yeah. But I, whatever he, he does out there, he's always got his different restaurants. And he's got like seven course meals and right. all this shit. Right. Shout out John Rostein, big time. There's a rabbit hole and a half for you. Uh, coming tomorrow, my UFC 267 picks and parlays and props blog. Uh, probably be dropping about 8 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, maybe a little bit earlier, a little later in between, somewhere in there. Um, I have everything detailed out for you guys. I am fucking juiced for this card. Yeah. I cannot Early start. Uh, fuck me. Wait, before we were even started the show. I'm sitting in the lab, we're sitting there chatting, and, and we're talking about something totally different, and then I just get into this UFC rabbit hole, I'm like, holy shit, this fight's on there? I mean, Alexander Volkov, Marcin Tybura, you have Kamzat Chimaev going against Zhang Lijang, mm -hmm. which is absolutely going to be ridiculous, I tweeted out this morning, that's my fight of the night already, and I haven't even seen shit right. yet, you got Islam going against Hooker, Hangman versus Makachev, like, come on, boys. Then Pyotr Jan, absolutely love Corey Sanhagen yesterday. Uh, initial face-offs, Pyotr Jan does a quick little flinch at Corey Sanhagen, and he just he didn't move, didn't do anything, just looked him down. Cuts after the end, like the UFC had made a montage, and he's just like, yeah, I thought it went really well. Honestly, I'm just super happy I didn't flinch like a little <laughs> bit, so everything's all good. <laughs> and I was like, let's go, Corey. So I think it's going to be a fucking night of fights. Actually, not a night of fights. Remember, holy shit, I had to remember, remind you even more. I had to remind yeah. myself again. 9.40 a.m. Central Standard Time. This fight card starts. It is live from Yas Island in Abu Dhabi. That's about... 5, 6 p.m. in the evening for them. 9.40 a.m. Central Standard Time. The prelims start. Main fight, Jan versus Glover, is right around 4.30 in the afternoon. Yep. So, loaded fucking car. Like, from 9.40 to fucking 4.30. And then about halfway through, you got some college. I was going to say, there's going to be a point halfway, that's going to be just an unreal stretch of sports action. Unreal stretch of sports action, for sure. Because then we'll have World Series Game 4-2 on Saturday, I think, I believe. Yeah. I, think I, that's how it'll keep I don't know what the timing rolling. of that, but yeah. 
Either way, it's going to be absolutely nuts. It's a full college football slate. It's not just like, hey, we got to cut it off at two o'clock because we got a shitload of NBA because nope. there's some NBA shit tomorrow NBA starts too. At like, four. I mean, it's it's baseball at off. seven. Yep. It's popping off. So there's another rabbit hole for you. But Goodness. just remember that uh, my UFC blog will be coming out. Picks blog coming out tomorrow. If you don't already, go to talkingtheline.com. Go to the more uh, little tab all the way over to the right at the top or over to the right at the top. You'll see a drop down come come down and you'll see Colts blogs, RMAG's blogs. You can click on either one of those. Click on them both. Check out all of our blogs, what we do. And then you can just drop your email right. It's right in the middle of the page. It just says subscribe to the cruise blogs. We're not going to send you spam. We're not going to send you bullshit. We're not going to do any of that. We just send you our blogs. We send our insights, our analysis. Right. Maybe you'll see an inspiration corner from me. Maybe you see all types of different random stuff in there. Just stop by, subscribe, and get some more value. Get you a nice little read. Maybe you're drinking your coffee on Saturday morning. Ah, let me scroll through, see what old Colt's got to say. Or maybe old Sunday morning drink. Oh, shit, old Mag's just dropped an extra cheddar blog. Let me check it out. We're never going to send you spam. Check out our blogs. Check out my UFC blog tomorrow morning. Uh, our secondary show, Wise Words, episode number eight, if you missed it, uh, dropped on Wednesday. Featuring Carl Haskell, the legendary CH from the Cash Consideration Show. Uh, got to stop in and watch their show. They just uh, got their Cash Consideration Show recorded because mm. uh, they were a week behind. Or maybe they're recording today. Maybe tomorrow. I can't can't remember exactly because they were uh, behind because yeah, of newbie, last night or newbie and Carl in, yeah. all that stuff. So I got to uh, get back updated where they're at right now. Oh, no, sorry. I Yeah, if you were going to keep going, that's fine. I was just going to say no extra cheddar this weekend, but I will have something coming up this weekend. For sure, for sure. Love to hear that. Outside of that, I don't really have any other updates. Uh, make sure you, at the bare minimum, stay locked into uh, Talking the Line, at Talking the Line on Twitter. It's where we uh, have the most updates. You can also follow at Talking underscore the underscore line on Instagram. Or if you can't remember any of that, just go to TalkingTheLine.com. You'll see everything there our social media links our blogs both of our podcasts you can even bet your favorite picks right from our website you can see all of our best bets bet right with us live lines and odds we got a pretty sweet website if i do say so myself so uh go check it out see what you got uh see what we have there for uh, value for you guys and uh, keep coming back on around outside of that nothing else i got oh action 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 uh mm. one final reminder if you missed any picks, you missed anything in between, we always put them out on the Action Network and the Today's Best Bets tab. So check the Action Network. Ah, I totally forgot to put my picks out on Tally Site early. So now some of the lines are going to have moved. And I hate yeah. when they do that because it's just like it's not the value that I fucking have locked right. in. So I digress. I'll have to figure that out behind the scenes. But make sure you follow me at cash underscore with underscore Colt. Follow Riley at rmags in all caps. And then you can follow the TTL Best Bets at Talking the line that is all i have any final late breaking announcements updates or news my friend no sir okay last pit stop of the day final segment of the day the only show around that i've seen to do it in our industry my friends i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry it's all over the map do not believe me on that i'm sorry it's time for my motivation minutes it is time for my motivation minutes that probably just freaked you all the fuck out i am so sorry real quickly maybe i am tired my, my, my motivation minutes of the day my friends i wanted to give you just a quick little bit of perspective and something that i hear a lot and kind of a way to counteract that and that is Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, it's just so much. Oh, my gosh. And I wanted to give you kind of something to counteract that. Think about 
in a different light because the way I look at it is it's all in the mind. And that is the 100% truth. There is nothing that you can't accomplish, nothing that you can't overcome. There is no lackadaisicalness that you can't turn around into full energy with just a little bit of mindset. And I wanted to give you this perspective today. The next time that you wake up in the morning, you don't feel like getting out of bed or you're sitting at the desk and you've already typed out 7,000 emails. Some oh, bitch, I don't want to do another email. I am so done right now. Or whatever the case might be. It might be macro. It might be micro. Whatever it is. Next time you have that feeling and you're ready to give up, you're ready to ah, toss in the towel for the day. Fuck that. Don't. Look at yourself in the mirror. Find the nearest reflecting image that you can of yourself and look yourself dead in the eye and say, you are not tired. Keep going. You have more to give. Until you convince yourself, you are not tired. Keep going. You have more to give. You are not tired. Keep going. You have more to give. And I promise you, by about the fifth or sixth time, you won't even remember that you're tired and you will find a whole new energy and ready to smash through whatever wall that you just found yourself standing at. It's worked for me multiple times in my life. I face it almost every day because we we uh, we talk about it here. This is not a 9 to 5. This is a 24-7, 365 type of gig. We love it. It's our passion. That's why we do it. But sometimes, yeah, I'd be going through my eyes. Like, whoa, whoa, hey, you're not tired. Let's keep going. You got more to give. Or, ah, I don't need to send out that extra message. We don't need, nah, you're not tired. Keep going. You got more to give. Keep using that. If you get to your tours this weekend, you're running your errands, you're like, ah, I'm done. I'm not I'm not doing this shit. I'm going to put it off till Tuesday, and then Tuesday becomes Wednesday, and Wednesday becomes next Friday, and then next Monday. Don't put it off. Look at yourself and say, you are not tired. You have more to give. Keep going. And that does it from a motivation minutes of the day. I love it, man. Good stuff. You uh, got me a reminder that uh, I have uh, been putting off a random chore uh, that I won't be putting off this weekend because of what you just said. Uh, because that, that's the type of stuff Sweeping that we've been... the balcony? What's that? Sweeping the balcony? Uh, cleaning up the entire balcony for good altogether. Yeah. I've had... Uh, it's been a dirty, okay. ugly mess out there. Rainy. See how much I know my guy? Wet, dirty leaves out there. Because I, it's been a, like, oh, I got to clean this like once or once every couple of weeks, which I was doing when it was nice weather because I love sitting out there. But now that it's been getting colder, it was rainy out there for a while. I got my chairs out there that are needing to get off of there and i've been putting it off like you, you kind of called me out on far as far as that but you know i've been doing other things that uh but at the same time it's it's like all right i i, I like what i did as oh, far as my work right but, now or yeah shit, I'm done. Ah, you're not tired keep going got more to give let's finish and this it's right not now. a let's it's not done. tired it's just like yeah it's just been yeah. like i don't want and to tired do is the metaphor yeah, <laughs> yeah, tired yeah, is yeah, the yeah, metaphor. yeah it's like it's all cooked up in your mind that you're tired you don't have the energy to do this or whatever the case might be just whatever you have cooked up in your mind Push that down and bring yeah, to the yeah. top. You got more to give. Let's go. Because uh, next time, if I put it off again, the next time, like you said, we could be seeing some snow coming around the bend here. Oh, and it might be a little bit tricky to get that done. Yeah. And then you're going to be in a whole world of trouble. So all that being said, you're not tired. I've had a dying plant that's had come back to life since I've cleaned it out there. It's a, it's a mess. You're not dying. <laughs> you're not the plant dying. plant is dying. <laughs> you're not tired. <laughs> Keep going. You have more to give. That officially does it for my motivation minutes of the day. All right. Now, I confused you guys all the hell. I uh, did a little bit of a uh, false show is over. So let's officially wrap this show up for today. The Friday Pick Spectacular as it is. 
Last but certainly not least, my friends, ladies and gentlemen, degenerates and gamblers, far and wide. From myself, Mags, and our good friend Bonesy over here, we hope you have a spectacular rest of your Friday, unless you have any other plans, a terrific Start to your weekend and all the way through to Ticket Cash and Sunday. We can't tell you how much we appreciate each and every one of you for choosing to stop by this here pod and help a couple of guys chase their dreams and passions. We do it for each and every one of you, and we're only going to keep making this TTL rocket fill with jet fuel and go straight to the moon. All that being said... Make sure you lock in this weekend's best bets. Make sure you follow us on the Action Network app so you can see our best bets possibly for today as well. So at the end of every damn episode, you can say right here with me and my partner, let's cash some tickets.